0: Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet, about fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and i um, been joined by Clayton Blackmore. Clayton, as you will all know, is a former Manchester United player. Had a really good career, played in some really high-profile matches, and he's written a book called Red, White and Blackmore, and it's the story of, of Clayton's life. It's his autobiography. It's published by Empire Publications. Thanks for joining us, Clayton. Just tell us, why have you decided to do a book?
1: Um, I think really is to get everything down and you know memories was the main thing you know I thought about it in the past but you know I was I got to say I was never a big book person myself and uh, you know I haven't really read through too many books myself so you read any yeah I might have read a couple when I was younger
0: (laughs) I remember when I last did a big interview with you in 2006 you gave me some feedback on that book you gave me a big four-hour interview so you must have read bits of that yeah, so I mean, no. I mean, yeah, I, do,
1: I do read read the odd books, but, you know, I'm, especially now where I've got kids, is not it's not time to do anything. You know, you're either getting woke up very early, and then you when you get to bed, you and it's just busy all through the day. You just, I mean, I'm turning into a taxi driver now.
0: Um, I'm not a taxi driver yet, but I know the feeling with kids. I've gone from probably reading ten books a year to, <laughs> to two. Your time just, just goes, yeah. doesn't it? Um I remember interviewing you for that eighties book, and there were bigger names than you in the book, lads like Robo. And I, I don't again. know, I, I don't know, never. <laughs> I don't know why I interviewed you, but I did. But you really surprised me, uh, because I'd read interviews with you in the past, but you, you said something that uh, stands stand with me to this day. You said, You've never told your parents that you love them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's the old day. In the old days, I think it was. I mean, even when my dad. I'm actually, like you said, I'm not. I've still not said I loved him yet. But so
0: 12 years on from yeah,
1: yeah. saying
0: that you're probably gonna have I'm, to do I'm this. I've actually
1: given a big cuddle and all that, which we, I've never done before. We Usually just shake hands. It's like a, an embarrassing handshake, and it, it's. Is weird. this a
0: working class British thing? Is it? Well, where does it come from? Because
1: in the Mediterranean, well, my dad's English. I'm Welsh. The, the but, men
0: kiss each other.
1: You know. I know. I know. Yeah, but that, I mean thats easier, I think. <laughs> but you know, it's—it's it's a weird one. Uh, I just. I don't know. We, I think it's the way because he, he never did it to me. You know, I know he loves me, and I love him. He probably knows I love him, but you know, we've never really said it to each other. It's and my mum as well. Yeah. And my mum's told me, but I've not told her. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, a, a naughty word. It's weird. It shouldn't be that. But it's it? not. No, it's not. It's a bit embarrassing, really, that I can't say it. So before. But I will do.
0: Yeah. Before we next do an interview, you must promise.
1: Yeah, I'll We're gonna it. do it next time I see him. You're gonna <laughs> say to them,
0: "They're gonna be surprised, aren't they?" Yeah, they will. Be. It's a couple of decades since since you stopped playing. How do you look back at that big part of your life, that chapter in your life when you were a professional footballer at Manchester United at, at Middlesbrough?
1: I, I think the main thing for me, obviously, being at United, was uh, very lucky to be at a team, you know, at a club with so many top players and um, you know I played a lot of games and you know it was it was great to play alongside so many top players uh, you know and in the end we ended up winning quite a few trophies which was the main thing you know I, as a kid I grew up winning winning all the time and um, obviously at United you know it's built into you to win you have to win um, you know I think in these days it's, the games change a little bit and it's more about how you play the game and for me You know, it's always been played a certain way, especially English football. I think English football's lost its identification just because of Barcelona play, uh, you know, a lot of short passes and, you know, it doesn't seem like you're going anywhere. But, um, you know, they do have Messi playing for them, but a lot of clubs do that. I know there's a lot of European managers over here, but we seem to have lost the 4-4-2 system and the hard working rate when you don't have the ball. I mean, I think it's not coincidence for me that Leicester City won the league playing 4-4-2. I think if they play any other system, they don't win it because they're not—they weren't that good a team. You know, they had a couple of—I mean, Maris for me is—you know—is world class, but the rest of them are good players. They weren't great players, and from the go all the way and win the league, you know, I think it says something about the system.
0: See, so you had a pretty working-class upbringing in Neath, quite close to Swansea. You moved up to Manchester. You were put in to Diggs as a young lad you were in a very very good youth system i mean everyone knows a class of 92 but your youth team were brilliant weren't is that where yeah. the the winning mentality came from and who was in it you, you had mark hughes you had you yeah. know, norman white side
1: yeah you don't have to go much further than that do you? Yeah. i mean
0: but three players to all establish themselves in the first Well, team, i mean you see three or?
1: there was a couple of uh, salford lads as well mark dempsey and billy garden played Andy Hill went on he went to play for City yeah. Graham Og obviously played in the first team as well against yeah. Maradona I mean, Billy played he kept 50 him quiet. games yeah, he yeah. Did. yeah. No, no, we had a team full I mean I, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you now we'll be, We'll have beat the 92 team yeah because I don't think, think he was Giggs in that 92 team yeah he's well, the only well. one who could have probably give us big problems I think. really yeah. you were that good huh? you were that good team, yeah. yeah yeah we were a tough a tough team that was a tough we had Lawrence Pearson he was six, six one. He, I mean he why did he play? He didn't play at United, but he he went to Antwerp and but he was. I mean, he was six foot one and he had a great left foot on him. And he, you know, it was, we were a tough team.
0: And then Eric Harrison was was your boss.
1: Yeah, he used to really yeah, you. Yeah, Brian to,
0: Whitehouse passed away last
1: year. Yeah, and no, it was sad. I mean, I think out of everything, everybody who was at the club had probably learned more from Brian Whitehouse than anybody. You know, he had this doing disguised running. And I look back at it now, and I'm thinking we learned a lot from you know making different runs in the penalty box in a tr- silly little. We thought it was silly little training sessions where you're running the length of the pitch, but it was obviously getting you fitter with the running. And then at the end of it, you're having to make runs near fo- near post, far post, and uh, middle of the box. So you're all going in you know certain areas. So the ball is something in every area really of the of the goal mouth. And they, they don't do that now.
0: When Brian died I rang Ron Atkinson up for some words for his obituary and he told me a story how he'd sent him down to uh, watch a young non-league striker called Alan Smith (laughs) and Brian said he paid into the ground which he wasn't expecting to, (laughs) he said the ball was outside the ground more than it was inside and he came home We didn't recommend him and Arsenal signed him instead and he became a a, a league winner. winner. Uh, Billy Garton, when did you last speak to Billy?
1: Um, I spoke to Billy a few years ago. I mean, I know he's, he's still in America. Still in San Diego. San Diego. Um, he's doing very, very well you yeah. know, as a coach and that. And his wife's doing well. I think she's a top dancer. She is. Scouser. So, yeah. yeah, is she? she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: All, He's been on there. I stayed with him. And then I got um, an email from him a couple of weeks ago because his eldest boy's doing well as a footballer and oh, maybe looking been... to play yeah,
1: yeah, he was over football yeah, yeah, he's not in bad. Europe. But Billy's a top lad. Billy's life yeah, story is... Mental yeah, yeah, from up He was ill as well, wasn't he? he, yeah, he was bad... Ill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a nice lad, Billy.
0: Really. Yeah, yeah, a lot of his mates still still go to the games. What do you look back as being your highlights as as a Manchester United player? And I've got some questions coming up from United We Stand readers. But yeah. if you had to pick out a few moments
1: from from your career, I think I think you've always got to go for what you win. Yeah, you know, and obviously winning we actually won the Premier League somewhere down the line very disappointed in 91 you know it's in the book as well you know, that, you know after 21 games into the season we were we were 42 goals to the good top of the league we'd beaten Leeds three times in the Cups and in the league and uh, and we actually I think we changed the shape of the team a bit we went 4-5-1 and uh, we scored 21 goals in the next 21 games you know it was half the goals so, I mean, I think that tells you a lot about how, you know, when you play one up front, you need people to get past that, the centre forward, When they need to make runs when the ball's not there. And it's, you know, for me it's not, I mean, we play that way now and I don't like, I just don't like one up front. I don't think you can get enough possession up, you know, around the box. You don't work the centre arms enough, you don't tire them out. I mean, they, they're the, for me they're the least fittest on the pitch because when they play on a Saturday they don't have to run anywhere. If you watch a game, centre forwards, uh, centre halves very rarely have to run anywhere, and these days they don't. They're only marking one.
0: So that was a season we didn't win the league. What about?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously winning the Premier League was fantastic, but I mean I I always judge it on how you feel and the feelings when you win the FA Cup. Obviously at the Old Wembley, it was great, and then uh, also when the Cup Winners' Cup. Um, It's great. That's a bit unique, obviously, because we've only ever won it once. And then we went on to win the Super Cup, which seems to be a bit elusive to every other team that's been there, every other good team we've had who's got to that stage. Nobody's won it yet, even with Ronaldo on the team. So that's another unique one.
0: It is, and it's also surprising, because I don't think I'm being unfair to say you weren't the best team against Red Star. I thought
1: they played into our hands. (laughs) I mean, I've watched the game again, and you're right. I mean Savicevic still I think he's up there Most, a lot of people won't even know him yeah. but what a fantastic player he was he went to AC Milan after that season I think and they built a team around him and they won the, the Champions League but um, on the day yeah they were better than us and it was, an, it was another day where I, I think I played in midfield in that game but I actually kicked one off the line in that game I watched the game back and I've made a really good run and it, it just proves you, know, you should never give up and I just kept running and running and running and I got back, and they, they, did, they looked like they were gonna get a shot off, and it was a, it wasn't a great shot. It ended up being a header, and if I had not run back, you know, it wouldn't have been cleared off the line, and we'd have lost. You know, we might not lost, but we'd have, we'd have been one 0 down.
0: Did, were you taking that seriously that night? Of course, you take yeah. it. I mean, well, I'll, I'll give you two points then. The fans weren't really, because it was only no, twenty no, thousand there, no. there. was a shocking attendance. Yeah,
1: yeah. And It'd be different now. If it, was
0: it, would be, it would to- be totally different. And I've spoke to lads who've played in subsequent Super Cup finals and they all regret not taking it more seriously.
1: I mean, I can't believe people don't take games seriously. I mean, I I don't know whether it's the way you brought up. I mean, obviously, we've come through the ranks and I I think the boys are the same, Billy, all all the local lads as well. You know, I think it means a bit more in, you know, every game. Every game we played in as kids, even for me, wherever you played, you're playing against lads who stand on the cop end. And they want to snap you off. You, you know, you've got you there to win games. That's the old Lancashire League. Yeah, the yeah. old Lancashire League, and the A team and the B team. Every game that was doesn't important. happen now. You know, it just doesn't happen now. No, does it? I mean, they need to change the old. Yeah. The system's wrong. The Premier League, where they put loads of money into it. You know, they've changed a few too many things. Like the, the reserve team should be the reserve team. So you should be able to play as many overage players. That's what I learnt my my apprenticeship wasn't at 16, 17, 18. It was, well, it was around 18, 19 when I got into the reserves, and I'm playing with first team players. You'd, you'd have six or seven reserve first team players in each team. So you mentioned Formby. Here. A lot of
0: listeners won't know what the story is here, but United's youth teams used to play against fully-fledged, open-age teams. Form B is close to Liverpool. United's young lads would play against Kirby. teams like Marine, Kirby. Marine. My dad also played in those semi-professional leagues. It was hard. Oh. It was hard. You would it go was to Bootle.
1: It, it was hard.
0: My dad doesn't like Scousers. He, yeah. will re- he refuses to this day to go to Liverpool. Yeah. But he will begrudgingly respect that it's a city which produces good footballers. Yeah, yeah. You were 17 going to these places.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hated you. Yeah, we were going there at 16. And they did. The, I mean, you're talking about players. It didn't matter who you were, because you got a Manchester United kit on. Yeah. And you know you they the they, pitch, they, they stand they stand on the Kop end supporting Liverpool, and they've got a chance now to take a swipe at you. And yeah. it, you know it was it was to be fair at times. It was brutal, and um, the pitches were terrible. There was nothing good about it. But it, what it did, it toughened you up. You you played 250.
0: Games for Manchester United, um, almost 2.50, you started 2.01, it's a lot, it's a lot of games, you were there for ten seasons, yeah. um, you made your debut, um, 83, 84, you, you really started to play a lot more games in 85, 86, but 88, 89, you played 37 matches, but one season stands out above all others, in 1990, 91, do you know how many games you played that year? No, 57. 57. You started 57 games.
1: Did I? Yeah. That's a good start. I didn't know that one. <laughs> if I'd known that, I'd have been in the book. <laughs> yeah. 57. You scored a few as well. Yeah, yeah, I got a few goals that year. Nine. A couple of really important ones as well. Nine you got? Nine, yeah. The I one know. I remember is Montpellier. Yeah, that was Away. a important one. Yeah. I, th- I think if that didn't go in, we were on a bit of a doing at the, at the time because they were a very strong and aggressive team. We had. I mean, I didn't expect it to be that them to be that strong and aggressive, but they, they obviously they got the, the away goal at Old Trafford. One all in the first. And we like needed a goal, you know. And what we found out after the game, they were on thirty-five thousand a man to beat us.
0: That came from their president, who's a lunatic. And yeah, I can he, was, he was there until a couple <laughs> of years later. He made his fortune. I got sent to speak to him in 2012 when they won the league, out of um, refuse co- collection. So. Well, if there's any lawyers listening to this, well, he was, he was a colourful character, if I'm being yeah, diplomatic, yeah. but he brought over Carlos Valderrama, the Colombian. Yeah, yeah, he was no, one he of the plays. best players in South America. Yeah. They don't tend to go to Montpellier, no, no. so, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of a mismatch there, yeah. but he was brilliant that night. He was a great European away for the, yeah. the red suit. Mean, I,
1: mean, I watched the, the footage of him, and I didn't really, obviously, I went into midfield when Ince got smashed. You know, I mean, I remember Volineker saying he, he looks like he's got a bit of a grass burn, and it was. You know, the lads studs have gone right down into his leg and took a chunk out of his leg, right down his leg. And uh, obviously I went the midfield and I'm playing against Falderama. but I ended up, I think I hit the volley from outside the box and it was hit the post. I got the penalty and, you know, I played quite a big part in that game.
0: You played a big part in that run, you played, you yeah. started in both semi-finals against Legion Warsaw yeah. and then you started against Barcelona in the final in Rotterdam,
1: yeah.
0: M- one of the most important games yeah. of your That's career. That's our biggest right? game. Yeah. yeah you, you probably the most be, important.
1: I mean, you can, all, you can ask anybody there, it'll be Sparky, Robble, that'll be our biggest games. You know, that, the Barcelona game is the pinnacle I think of your game when you're playing one of the best teams in, and they were. They won the European Cup the following year. They
0: did. That was Croy, you know. That was Johan Croy's yeah. dream team. Yeah. They, they, they are top,
1: top players. But I mean, I watched the game over again, and the, I think that's the difference between us, the team at the moment. We're not working as hard when we haven't got the ball. If you watch us when we haven't got the ball in that game, every player was running their socks off trying to get back behind the ball and then tackling for the ball to get the ball back. And it's, you know, for me, it, that's one of the uh, ideas of... English football, which is missing from some teams. Some teams are doing it. Spurs, for me, I think they've been doing it for the last two or three years, and they've been one of our best teams in the Premier League.
0: Do you sell online, eBay, Amazon, Magento? Then you need ShipStation. It's the fast and easy way to manage and dispatch your orders, all from one place. You can use ShipStation to compare rates from top couriers, including Royal Mail, FedEx, DHL, and UPS. And whether you have one or hundreds of orders, ShipStation can make it easy to batch and print labels so that you can get your orders out quickly and keep your customers happy. Now you can try ShipStation free for 30 days, plus get a special bonus when you use the promotion code UWS. To get this special promotion code, just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in UWS. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter the promotion code UWS, shipstation.com, make ship happen. That game in Rotterdam, 26,000 United fans singing in the rain. We interviewed Paul Ince last year. He said he shit himself. At the, he said he didn't normally do nerves. Yeah. As the game started, he shit himself. <laughs> he said, I've just overcome by, this is Barcelona and there's Johan Cruyff. Yeah. And Robbo pulled him after 5 or 10 minutes and said, just calm down, be yourself. <laughs> and he, and he, he needed that, yeah. um, but truly great night
1: wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant, You know, I mean, I th- like you say, I mean, as it was a bit more special with Cruyff being there because he was such a legend of the game, you know, he's one of the ones who brought all the tricks and all that to the World Cup years ago and uh, yeah, it was just fantastic and I think, I don't know what the stat was but I'd love to know the stats on how many shots they had a goal. Yeah. Because I don't think it was many.
0: Okay. Got some questions from United Reef stand readers. Uh, The first one from Brewer. Question for Clayton. Do you think you should have played more games for MUFC? And if so, who should have have been dropped more to let you in the team?
1: (laughs) Well, there was one game. I mean, more with Ron, I think. Yeah. The the gaffer played me more than... Ron was more... He liked his his name players. I remember we had a start of the season where... I I think I did the crossbar in three games from 25 yards and if they had they'd gone in we'd have won the games they've hit the bar and we've ended up losing the three games and I've then got dropped and I thought I'd play really well in the games and uh, I got dropped for Robbo obviously which is you know Big Ron says you know we're bringing the captain in we've, you know, we've had a bad start it's going to lift everybody and I'm just nodding my head going yeah yeah you're right you're right you're right and I'm thinking no I should be going, no no drop somebody else you know I remember we passed the ball to me for 10 yards away in the Charlton game and i might think he's missed me. And I'm thinking, how has he done that? i don't think anybody should be dropped. He should be dropping straight Because, you know, he, some of the lads didn't play that well in the games. I mean, I thought I played OK in them. So maybe you... And I'm very, I'm very realistic. I'm not... I'm never going to think, right, I was that great. You know, and I've seen a different game. You know, like I say, it's, you try to do as much as you can in the game to affect it and do good things for the game.
0: Olsen11 says, Clayton... Why did it take you until 1991 to realise you had a bullet of a free kick? Why weren't you taking free kicks sooner?
1: I think I was, you not I? I think I was taking free kicks a bit before that. But um, and when I when I was when I played in '83 in the reserves, I was scoring goals. I think I scored 44 goals in the reserves <laughs> in 170 reserve games, and there's there's your apprenticeship. I mean, I could go back. I think Robert mentioned it the other week, where we played in the A team game. The we player We've played. I mean, Robert played like a 200 odd first team game. He's captain of England, captain of United, and he's he's now playing in an A team game against City. I played with him in the same game. And you know, you need. We, that's what we did in those games to get your match fitness. Now, if you're in the first team, you don't play games. You just play first team games, or you, you know, you get you try to get your fitness with the fitness coaches on the football pitch training pitch, sorry. Red
0: Redline says what did you think of the Sunbed nickname given to you? Did any of your teammates use it?
1: No yeah, it's weird no nobody really called me the Sunbed as a, the teammates but you know I mean every time I go away on holidays I use a Sunbed. I use it now and again as well when whenever I picked up an injury over here I used to use it you know the, the ones you shouldn't use because they're bad for you. <laughs> I've not used them for years and I, I still get Everybody calls me right now, they say, oh, you still got your tan? And I goes, yeah, it's just natural.
0: <laughs> and next one is, talk us through your clearance off the line in the last minute of the Cup Winners' Cup final from Koeman's shot.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you just see danger and I think that's the big thing. You know, you Brucey lost the ball and straight away the alarm bells go and all you're trying to do is get back behind the ball, which the team had been doing that all game. And for the first time we got caught out, the ball came back. And um, obviously he's got it. He put it past Les, but I just got back in the right position, luckily, and uh, cleared it off the line.
0: Another question from a reader, Paul Taylor. Looking back at 80s footballers, what was worse, the perms or the clothes? Clothes. Yeah.
1: And the perms. Yeah.
0: <laughs> can you remember like getting in your first team and buying items of clothing, which now you'd look well, back I think up the in.
1: perms came from Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing it, man. It? it was all them lot were doing it. Yeah, McDermott yeah. and all them sooners. They had all yeah. the curly perms and yeah. I had a my, my auntie's a hairdresser, so I was always always gonna have a go on her, So yeah, it was, the clothes were a bit dodgy as well. Loud, loud. We always thought loud was good. Yeah, we were wrong.
0: <laughs> what was your first impressions of Sir Alex Ferguson when he walked into the dressing room in November 1986?
1: I think it's just optimistic of what you know, what he was going to be like as a person, as a manager, and what he wanted and all That obviously everybody wants to win games, but it's how you go about it. And uh, I think he was—he's a fair man, and that's all you—that's you know, all you want from your manager. Is that he's fair with you, and you know you get the respect of him, and you, he gets the respect of you then.
0: Were you starting to see that he was a man who could restore United to greatness? Could you see season after season he was bringing players in? Yeah, I mean,
1: you, you, we were getting better all the time. I mean, the biggest problem for me was the pitch. I mean, i, I got to say, at the time, I didn't know. Yeah. But looking back it was now, poor, wasn't it? You can see, I can see a massive... Because like, I've am like i played in so many good Man United teams, down to people like, you know, Frank Stapletons and then... And you want, you're like wondering why, you're always trying to figure out why we didn't win the league and all that. And I mean, when Palace came in, it made me think, you know, Pally's six foot four. He's only Gordon McQueen who was that size. And, you know, it, it made playing the smaller team easier because he's heading balls away. You know, I mean, he's clearing his lines. And I think he was a key factor in it all. You know, a big centre-half, you can see the ball off. And because those were the games we were losing, the football games against the top teams, we, we we seemed to do well against Liverpool's and all them. Um, that old
0: Trafford pitch it had a big camber in the middle. It came off.
1: Camber, up. A big it's sand pit. I mean. Yeah, and, and, that was and shocking. And from November I mean, Keith, onwards, it Keith was Keith was a, was a, the groundsman and Keith uh, Kent. Keith Kent, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, Keith, Fain Keith did, did Fain the, was mu- the music, the music <laughs> man Ronnie. <wasn't> <laughs> Same thing. Gosh, they're, they're both doing the same job. They're two names. Yeah, I've not well, heard for ages. Uh, but uh, but no, after, I mean, after November. believe yeah. no, what he did, because it got so much rain in it, he thought sanding it. Cause I don't know whether he was a green keeper before, but he thought putting sand in it, it would drain, which it did. But then you've got no root. You know, the root of the grass yeah. just used to. I remember Mark Hughes at the start of the season just picking a piece of grass out of the pitch. And it just came out like if you're on the beach and you picked some grass out of the sand, that's what it was like. I'm thinking, November, December, the pitch is terrible. It was just a sand pit. And then with the rain on top of it, you know, it made it look a bit muddy, which it wasn't. It was just sandy. And it was just, I mean, I've played against a lot of fast wingers who pulled their hamstrings against me. (laughs) And it wasn't because of me, it was because of the pitch. They're trying to push off, and the sand's giving way under their feet, because they're more explosive. And, you know, where that helped us but football, we we were trying to play football and the ball's bobbling over your foot and you like think you're blaming yourself at the time. And you look back now and you look at what the players are playing on now, you they don't get that problem. You don't even have to look at the ball because you know it's gonna stay on the floor and roll.
0: You mentioned fast wingers. Who was the most difficult player that you played against in your time?
1: Uh, you well, could have been one Sovietovich, uh I always try to stay clear of Ryan Giggs in training as well.
0: Did
1: you? Yeah, Giggs, for, for me, Giggs he was the hardest one to play against. Why? Because he was so elusive, he was so agile. And the, he, I mean, he, had, he actually had a race with N C one time, and N C beat him in the race. But Ryan can run that fast with the ball, and he can change direction at the same pace. It's weird. And that's, that's why Ryan's been so good over 23, 24 years. And for me now, I could guarantee, you know, I could lob him into the first team now and he'll still be, he'll still look our best player. Because yeah. he's just, he's not put any weight on, he looks fit. I mean, to a, year, a year ago when I was coaching and with, with, Bangal was there and Ryan was there, we were playing staff matches, he was unbelievable. He's bet got he, the head, he's got everything on his head, all uh, like myself, you've, you learn everything over the years. I mean, I've played in every position and you know every different systems as well and then you have to finish when you know it all. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. get all the knowledge, you have to stop playing.
0: So in other industries, you accumulate all this wealth yeah, yeah. and you you get promoted going. and yeah, promoted. Yeah, yeah. And at football, you just you cut stop. your legs off. <laughs> but at least you've had a great career. Imagine yeah. the lads who've got to a yeah. high level and not had a great yeah, yeah. career. You know, they, yeah, they...
1: I mean injuries. You know, we were lucky to stay away from injuries, especially in the time we played because there was a lot of dodgy tackles flying about at the time.
0: You were playing well into your 40s, you were at Bangor yeah, City, no not you?
1: I mean, that's what I mean, I, I stayed away from injuries to my My grandfather always told me, if you get a bad knee injury you'll be done. And my knees are still okay, that's what. Do you think
0: Kixy retired too early?
1: Well, yeah, he, he did retire because he wanted a Man United job. Yeah. And for me, he should have got it, no doubt. 25 years of winning and tearing teams apart, he knows how to break a team down. And he you know, he should have been in charge. And we, you know, we made a mistake, the club made a mistake not putting him in charge. For me he deserved that chance. He deserved a chance to fail. and I don't think he would have.
0: I, I argued quite forcefully for him becoming United manager. Yeah, I, I, he's, he's,
1: I thought he might the way things have gone, I thought he might have gone and just walked away from the whole thing. He's got his pro licence and it's mad you you spend years getting your A and B license and then you. And he pro did that license. while he was playing, yeah. Which I'm told that. is
0: very tough to do. Yeah,
1: no, it is. But it, it's it's listening a lot. A lot of it's listening to other people and information. And the information he's probably getting is not not as good as what he's got in his own head anyway. So, you know, it's for me. He didn't need to do all that. I mean, I've got the badges, but it's you know it it's not really taught me much. The badges.
0: How'd you feel about Ryan being manager of your country?
1: Yeah, great. I mean, I've, I came out straight away because I know there's some, there's a few Welsh supporters who think he didn't want to play for his country in the the warm, you know, in the friendly games, and I, I told him I, I put my neck under the line. I was waiting for a phone call from Mister Ferguson. Because I said, you know, me and Spark used to go up to the the manager and say, look, we've got a Welsh game, we need to go on this date and we'll be back on that date. And he says, right, you two can go, but he's not going. And, you know, and then Ryan didn't have a choice. He could not go when he was 17, 18, 19, 20. And because the manager was obviously getting away with it, at that age, he probably kept going and thinking, why should I let him go for friendly games? Because, you know, he was the most influential Welsh player we'd have had. We'd have been giving him the ball hoping him to go and score a goal. And the more the more you get on the ball, the more chance you got of getting an injury. So I understood I understood where the manager was coming. He was right.
0: Who were the three biggest characters who you played with? Three biggest characters.
1: Um, I mean obviously Robbo was a big one of the biggest characters. Played a little bit with Roy, Roy was another mad character. I mean when he came to the club I was I was I was injured myself at the time. And uh, we ended up having a bit of a drinking thing. I Me and used to go for a drink in the afternoons. Every day? Yeah, it was after, after he, training? he did the four seasons. Yeah. And he was just, only a few beers. Nothing serious. But we always used to turn up there. But, you know, I, mean, I got on with him really well. I thought he was like, a nice lad. I mean, obviously, he's, he was only young as well then. I don't know if he was 19, 20 then. But I remember Bro- Robbo telling McGaffer, if you get Roy Keane, you'll dominate English football for the next 10 years. And he did. (laughs) And the club did as well. But, you know, the manager's built so many teams. He must have built four or five teams. And it's mad how he's kept doing it. But I think it's it's the respect of the players. You know, Norby stepped out of line. Now I think it's gone a bit now. You know, there's a lot of money in the game now. There was a lot of money then, but, you know, he still had the respect. And I think players now... I mean, I watched this the other day, against Spurs. And for me, there wasn't enough effort coming from the lads. It's nothing to do with Jose. You know, he pick, puts a team out. It might not be in the right system. But, again, you can still... You're playing for your club and, you know, the club are putting a lot of money into you. You can break sweat. <laughs> you
0: told me some great stories about being on pre-season tours with Manchester United. <laughs> what do you remember about being in Singapore and being in a swimming pool in the team hotel? Well, on, I think there
1: was one On one your time knees. Yeah, we were just in the in the pool it was 30 degrees so we were all cooling off and we were all on our knees because the pool wasn't that deep it was only up to our waist so we were trying to get our shoulders in and then Mick Brown the sister manager came bowling over and you know he's he's a bit of a temperamental person anyway and he has a big jump into the air and doesn't realise you know it's only up to our waist and goes straight in and bangs his leg obviously he hits the bottom really quick and then he he just keels over in agony and i'm surprised he's lucky he didn't break any bones or anything there because he hit so hard and he was in the right state
0: (laughs) and then you met some u.s marines probably on the same trip in tokyo and your teammates put you forward as being the arm wrestling champion
1: well the the teammates didn't we just we were we we were the arm wrestling team me and mark hughes okay so you the best team yeah yeah, we'd already sorted that out how? In fact, in Japan, I just I just arm wrestled Robbo with my right. And like Robbo says, well, I'm left-handed. So and I had to do left-handed. And we were in a karaoke bar, and I've ended up splitting my tooth. So that's why I've got a veneer there now. And it wasn't because of football, it was because I was arm wrestling Robbo. And I slipped as i beaten him with my left hand and smashed my tooth on the table. And I've got a load of, yeah, okay. a load of claret in my mouth. So, time so trouble.
0: Then you end up in a bar with a load of U.S. Marines yeah. on the same tour.
1: Yeah, we just somehow
0: end up with an, having an arm wrestling competition with
1: them. I don't know how it came about. We just, I don't know how we got around to doing the arm wrestling thing, but we were chatting with them, and then you know they're they a bit bolshy. They were a bit bolshy. The American Marines. They were giving it the old. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So we ended up arm wrestling them, and we took about six of them out. I think me and Mark Hughes, and then and this big black guy came in and. It happened to be my turn, so I was like, oh no, <laughs> I knew what was coming. I couldn't hold him up. He you nearly st- broke my arm. Did he? Yeah.
0: So, you lost that one. And then, uh, But there's a great team spirit among...
1: Yeah, and I think you need that. I think you need that team spirit, you know, you're going to go out and fight for each other, and it makes the best teams, I think.
0: And your Christmas dues. They were very different, well they don't really have them now, but you told me of one where you started on Bury New Road in Cheetah Mill, which was quite close yeah. to, to the
1: cliff. Yeah, we did that quite a lot. Yeah, Just down from the, the Strange ways there, yeah. we used to go to the there's a pub there. What it was, they had, a, they had a big screen there with Sky, it was just when Sky had started up. So we used to go in there for two or three hours of a few beers, five or six beers and then walk, you could walk into town from there. So. We'd walk down the town and then we'd be, in, we'd be on Deansgate then for the rest of the day and night <laughs> and morning.
0: Love <laughs> the idea of you all walking through Cheetah Mill, the Manchester United first yeah, team? Yeah, it
1: was, it was a bit, yeah, we didn't bother, it was Manchester, so yeah. it's, our, it's our city so it didn't really bother us, we never had any problems.
0: And Manchester City weren't really a threat, were they?
1: they were, they were always, The only time they were a threat is when we played them because we, you know, they were—they were they were a, it was always a tough game. You know, they're going to raise their game, and there was a lot of draws in the in that. And it's even now, you know, even when we left and all that, when we finished. It was still—he you couldn't—he couldn't go on. You know, league positions if you were going to beat them. But I think that's what's good about the English league. There's some even now. I mean, it's crazy this year. If you look at the bottom ten teams, they're all on the same points. I mean, anybody can go. They must be all scared down there now. Yeah, I mean, I see, like, even
0: Everton, who might be
1: 11th. T- well, they were down there. They've yeah. been winning. They've been winning oh, and winning.
0: Huddersfield, well, who've never been linked yeah. with relegation.
1: Oh, <laughs> they... Well, I mean, it's like Mark Hughes. Was... See, Mark was unlucky. because he... They'd finished ninth three times, yet the club budget for 12th in the league. So, he's... like he says, they've been back in above the pay grade, really. And then the fans get, you know, you get spoilt with it.
0: What's Mark like as a person? You're, you're a friend of his. You played with him. You keep in touch with him. He was a hero for United fans as a player. Yeah. But there's sort of mixed feelings about him as as a manager.
1: Maybe there's not. I mean, he was he was a legend I mean, don't as a why player. That
0: is. <laughs> but there's well because he's managed at City. But
1: I would have said that. Yeah. yeah. I think I mean, it's kind of because he's gone to City and managed them. Um, but I mean, when you get when you get offered as a manager, it's a different kind of thing. Now you're not. You know, you're not playing for anybody, and I think when a team like City comes around, especially when he got that much money to back, he can buy. It's probably the first time he's, he's had money, he can go out and buy players. And in the end, it, it actually, they, they weren't buying when he wanted to buy. So that didn't really work either, and then he got sacked from there. What's well, he like then? You know him. You're yeah, not, he's, I m- mean, m- he's maybe very what, intense. Very yeah. intense as a manager, different kind of person. When I, I remember him at Blackburn, you know, he, when he went there. I thought he went there to bring them back up because they were bottom of the league. They've just lost Yorkie and Coley, and I thought he's gone there to bring them back up, you know, from going down, And he? What he did, he got them fit. They were, you know, he looked at them. They were losing goals last 15 minutes of games. Got them fit. Then when you know, Soonis was in charge at the time, and then they started winning games in the last 15 minutes and they stayed up. So they know they know what they're doing, Mark. But when I know all that his backroom staff are really good. Eddie Nidzwichy, he used to take the honoree. Bunch. he used to take the training with Henri when he was at Arsenal so they've got he's got a really good backroom staff there and you know they've they've been a bit unlucky because they, what they've done as well they've lost um, an out of bits this season he was one of them he's, he's you know he's love him or hate him he's he's, a game gonna, changer. he's gonna score goals for you and he's gonna set goals up because he's a good player and without him with him in the team for me they'd have probably had nine points more and they wouldn't be in that position. But again, the way the league is now, they, they'd be still in there now, in the mix. How was
0: life after Manchester United as a player? What was it like going to, to Middlesbrough?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think I mean, I mean, think it was OK, obviously, knowing Robbo for so long. I mean, I remember Robbo saying, I've been with you 16 years now. I'm going to have to give you a job off-site, you know, not playing. And uh, But, you know, going up there with Robbo and Viv was there as well. and uh, We did really, I mean, we won the league first year so it was it was a success story as well really i mean i expected that from robo you know because he is that kind of person i think the only thing that went wrong up there was when he, he brought terry venables in and he's only looking at the club and he, what he should have done is not do he shouldn't have done that shouldn't have worried about you know the club he should have tried to sort it himself and uh, for me all what the only thing which wasn't sorted was the defense we weren't they didn't have a great defense at the time and if they'd have sorted that out, they would have been all right. Because attacking-wise, they were good when I played there. We had a very good attacking team.
0: And if, if Middlesbrough had actually been able to keep hold of the defenders from the late eighties, Pallister and Mowbray, rather yeah. than selling them off, yeah. it would have been fine, wouldn't it? No, no, they had exactly. a really good defence. Exactly. Parkinson and Cooper in the, the, the late late eighties. Yeah, and
1: then a lot shorter. Yeah. That's a big difference for me. When you are you're, you're centre half and you're at six one now, six two, I don't think that's big enough. That's why I've got. I mean, nothing small in where he's grown up an amateur and then went to uh, Fulham, played 11 games at Fulham and then he came to United. He's in the England team within a few months. You know, he's come a long, long way and what he has, he's, he's improved. His feet have improved. When he first came, he wasn't very good with his feet. Now he's got better. He's reading the games better. He doesn't mark properly in the box, but I don't think anybody does anymore.
0: I remember People. your testimonial at Middlesbrough as it was against Manchester yeah, United. It was a shock,
1: sparky. Spoke that again, then he came up and scored two goals, Mark.
0: I can't remember the result. I can remember going up there, it was in, in the summer, yeah, and yeah. I can remember the Tannoy announcer being very witty because he said, um, may I remind all fair-weather Middlesbrough fans here tonight that um, I know this is Man United, but we do have other football games at Ayrson Park, so please do come and support us next
1: week. Yeah, yeah, as a fellow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we had another full out, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> You had some good success. You played in the '97 FA Cup final for Middlesbrough.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was disappointing. And I always remember time Me and Nigel Pearson were going in, and we go, "Look, you know, we might never come back again. This is this could be a first and last chance playing at Wembley. Let's not blow it." Because I mean, we went we went out. And they scored within seconds, and it was a sloppy goal. You know, I think Di Matteo's picked the ball up in the middle of their half nearly. Run past a couple of our players like they weren't there, and then shot, and you know it went right in the roof of the net. It was the worst possible start you can have. But you know it is what it is. So you've
0: since you stopped playing. How old were you when you played your last game for Neath?
1: Oh, good question. Two thousand and ten. Forty something. Yeah. Forty-two. I don't know. Four. Well,
0: you were born in. When 60- was it? Two thousand and ten. Two thousand and ten. It says you were at Neath. Well,
1: it's how many years were you need for? are you closer to four uh, I, was, I was 46 wasn't yeah it? yeah you were was 46 wasn't yeah it's not a bad yeah, age no, that. I was all right. yeah I was to be fair I was putting a bit of timber on all the time as well no I, I enjoyed it you I were enjoyed. always a passer
0: weren't you, you know yeah you I was
1: a ball player and you know I always I got a lot of stick at times for not wearing studs I always remember Brucey giving me a stick all the time Get your studs on; you can hurt somebody. Well, I goes well. I'm here to play football, not to hurt people. And I, you know, I'll hurt them with, the, with my passing, and uh, you know, don't fall over and all this. And if you slip, you're going to be in trouble. And I remember Eric Cantona turned up, didn't he? And as soon as I looked down, he's wearing same as me. So he says, "Brucey, are you going to tell him?" And he didn't. How, how <laughs> Surprisingly, you, he didn't tell
0: him. How would you describe to your relationship with United fans?
1: Uh, i think it's good very good you know i never i mean I, I, I went through a little stage i think when the fans would get a, were giving me a bit of stick but you know i've been here that long and i wasn't i wasn't a ryan gigs i wasn't a brian robson but i always give 110 percent and you know i always thought I had, I had i had something to offer the club and the team so I, you know i've always felt like i got on really well with the crowd
0: you coached at Manchester United. You coached with some of the younger players up until yeah. 2016, 2017. Yeah. Which of the young players most impressed you coming through? How was that? Was job well, I mean,
1: we've still got one. Now he's he's on the he's on the slippery slope we're leaving the club, Mr. James, James Wilson. Yeah. What's and gone wrong for James? I mean, he had a bad injury last yeah. year. But I think what might have gone wrong is the same as every other player who played when Mr. Van Gaal was a yeah. You know, he played him up front on his own. For me, he's not an out and out striker, he's yeah. not a target man like Lukaku, he's a—he's somebody who can get him on the ball and get him running with the ball, not like a Ryan Giggs, really. You know, he needs to be getting the ball into his feet and running at people. He yeah,
0: had a good game,
1: shoot. when Giggs gave him his debut, yeah, he scored him two in and whole s- Tom Lawrence. Yeah, he scored two in the first, his first the, the game. They really but he's, well. he's a natural finisher, because he's got the two best feet. At 15, he's the best 15 year old I've ever seen. Really? To be honest, he honestly, was scary. yeah.
2: And, and he's scoring. You don't lose that. You don't parties. get worse. Yeah.
1: You get better as a player. So I mean, he's grown as well. He's six foot six foot one. He's still got the pace. I've watched him. He's come back from injury. He's come back from injury and uh, a bad bad knee injury. And he's been playing in the reserves for the last few months. And he's scoring all the time. He's making great runs in the box. Things most of our players are in the first team now are not doing. So he's a he's a finisher. He knows you, how to finish. Think he could have a future, James. I, I wish it. I hope he does. I've got my fingers crossed. But he needs to realise he's really got to show it now with Sheffield United. When he gets in the team now, he's got to run his socks off, like it's, there's no tomorrow. Because he is. He's on his last chance with the United, really. Because he's got a year left. I think if he has four or five really good games, scoring goals, we know he can score. All of a sudden, it opens up the manager's eyes and goes, "Whoa! Why is he? How, how do I not know about him?" You know, because a lot of coaches at, at the club have already gone, he's not good enough. You know, he's not, he's a bit soft or he's a bit this, a bit that. For me, he's still got it. You don't not lose that. You know, he's got the pace, he scores from. Fant- he scored four games, cities, reserves in Remember 20 minutes died. or something. Yeah. You, know, you don't he's, sound he's
0: too enamoured by Louis Van Gaal. You know, we're like no, many United
1: it. fans. I mean, I liked as a person. He was all right. You know, I spoke to him fine. But then when the games came around, it was like, wow, we weren't doing what we've always done, crossing balls. But what happens when you stop crossing balls? People stop making runs. And then it was like, you've got to teach everybody what to do then. I remember somebody put a great crossing one day, and Rooney's like outside the box thinking, oh, I didn't know you were going to cross the ball, because we don't do that. And that's what happens then, you know. We got into a situation that it wasn't good for the strikers. Being a centre forward it wasn't a good place. You know, I've played defence, midfield and up front, and as a defender, the first thing I look at, can I hit the centre forward? Rooney against two big centre-arms, or anybody else up there against two centre-arms, 60-yard ball, he's not going to win it. Midfield, 40-yard ball, probably not going to win it, so you can't give it to his feet.
0: Why did he not work out for players like Angel Di Maria? You were there most days. I think, I
1: think because he was too, too in, in, in the field. I mean, I, I don't know if we were playing a diamond shape in the middle of the midfield. But for me, he had to be further out. He's a, he look, he's a left winger or right winger. You know, he's fantastic pace, great left foot on him. Why put him in where there's loads of defenders where, you know, you're asking him to run with the ball, but he's got too many players there. So put him out as a winger like, like Giggs. I mean, I always thought, like I said earlier on, that he's the only one I thought could fill Ryan's boots. I, don't think, I didn't think he was ever going to be as good as Ryan, but, you know, he he had the pace and he fantastic cross. You know, he's a top player.
0: And what about you? What does the future hold for you? You've got your badges now. What are you looking to do now that you've left United? You've got your book out. Um,
1: well, I mean, I'm, I've always been a bit versatile, so... <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I've, everybody's always asked me, you know, would, would you manage a club? And, um, you know, I'd like to, I, I wouldn't like. I, would mind trying to manage a club. I think it's... I've learned a lot from Fergie. Like I say, I think Ryan knows everything he needs to know to be a manager. You what know, sort of
0: level? Any,
1: well, I mean, I think you're only as good as your, your players. Yeah. So, whatever level you put me, that's how good I'll be. Yeah. I'll make them as good as I can make the players. I'll play a certain way to help the players but the main thing for me they'll, they'll need to be fit and I think that's if you look at Warren Joyce he went to Wigan and the players got him out of there and I think it was because they had to work hard in training I had a feeling that might happen from players you know nice easy we get, we've get gone down a league gone down another league you got a manager's coming in now he's making you work hard in training you, and you're not even working hard in the games that was always going to be a no-no for the players because it's player power too much power? But definitely too much power now definitely too much power. You know, a manager's there trying to win games. I mean if you think he's doing it the wrong way, speak to him. You know, it's and if it's because you don't want to work hard, you're in the wrong game. Go and play cricket or something. Because you don't have to run in that.
0: (laughs) You've been great. I appreciate your time. Just pick out one moment from your footballing career. Be silly. It's
1: it's just Barca, just I mean, one really Yeah, it's got but, to be Barcelona. Yeah, it right was it a, there was a goal. Yeah, against Sheffield Wednesday, at Old Trafford, which was in a, you know, it was a three from a corner. You know, the old Scully one, but it's come from the right. Thing strats, pinged it to the edge of the box, and I've hit it top right corner. Yeah, Great. so I that one all Barcelona. One go- yeah, Barcelona. It's got to be Barcelona. <laughs> Thank you for your time,
0: Clayton. No problem. Cheers, on. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Reds. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by
2: fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. We all follow United. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up.